Hello and welcome to Queerly a Podcast. Um, this is your host, Jackie. I am redoing this, seeing as my last one was incomprehensible. Um, and upon waking up, I realized I kind of want to do an actual review and analysis of Do Revenge because I enjoy it and I feel like there's actual things to talk about. For those who haven't listened before, uh, here usually my co-host Liz is also on it and we analyze any queer-related media depictions as well as uh, those of mental health um, and just general related topics or even sometimes things that we just like and we attempt to keep it on some sort of schedule. Uh, we hopefully will get back to a point of weekly, but right now it looks like bi-weekly is more likely. Um, and so spoilers ahead for Do Revenge. Uh, if you haven't watched it, I definitely recommend you watch it. I My initial reactions from the trailers were that it wasn't going to be good. I thought it was going to be something a la like, Kissing Booth quality, but without the irony uh, to be able to enjoy it. But... Um, it actually turned out to be real fun, so definitely recommend. Alright, getting into it. So, as I I think I mentioned last time, um, the, the vibe that I get from the actual movie is like a mix of like kind of 90s, early 2000s uh, girl click movies, um, like Mean Girls and uh, I think, I, I still don't I still haven't looked it up. I think it's Clueless is the other one. Whichever one that's also about a click, and there's a girl named Claire, I think. That's, like, the only thing I remember. But uh, it's it's similar to those, but with certain changes that I really, really like. Um, and I'll get more into that later. But first, just wanted to mention a few things. There's uh, Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller, who previously played... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, and she, the thing I know her most from is her playing, uh, her playing Daphne, (laughs) I don't know why I got confused, Daphne, uh, in the live-action Scooby-Doo's, the one with Freddie Prince Jr., who's actually her husband, uh, which is very cute, um, and with, like, Seth Green at one point in one of them, I forget, He's in the second one. Um, I I enjoyed those movies a lot as a kid. Uh, I gotta rewatch them at some point. But uh, where was I going with this? <laughs> um, she's in it. She plays the principal in it, and I thought that was real fun. Like, cause she she was kind of in those types of movies for a little while. I think I wasn't really alive then, so I I'm not a hundred percent sure, you know, but. Yeah, so that was a fun little thing to see. Uh, then you have Maya Hawk as Eleanor, and you have um, Camila Mendez, though she has said in the past it's in Portuguese it's Mendez, but in like anglicized it becomes Mendez. So I'll go with the anglicized just because I am I don't speak any degree of Spanish or Portuguese type language. I can't roll my R's. I blame the French <laughs> for that. Uh, but, yeah, so we have those two. She's playing uh, Drea, 
which I've never heard that as the shortened form of Andrea, so that was interesting to hear. I think it's actually pretty cool, like, nickname. Um, and, yeah, so when we get into the film, uh, we start with on, uh, start with Drea as still her, like, her petty, like, uh, high school popular kid, like, mentality of underhanded tactics in order to weaken the, the image of others to boost her own. Um, which, you know, that's <laughs> kind of standard stuff. Um, but from there, after a great cameo from uh, Sophie Turner, who you'll recall as Sansa, or Sansa, from Game of Thrones, uh, where she's accused of uh, having done cocaine, um, and has a great little comedic freakout. Um she basically ends up, her car, I forget what it is, but a, an element of her car is fucked up. So she, uh, after, after Eleanor had told her about Sophie Turner's character being the one, like one of the ones who actually sent around her, oh God, I missed a plot point. So <laughs> she's dating a guy named Max, who is also a popular kid, um, and basically, they're, they, uh, she had sent him a nude video. It's weird. So I'm pretty, it's, it's, they say it's a video, which is a strange format to send a sext of any sort, in my opinion. But, you know, but she did it. It's not a photo. <laughs> uh, and that ends up getting leaked around. So essentially... She has to deal with the aftermath of that, uh, and that includes everyone who sees it, which is the entire high school. So basically, uh, my Hawk character Eleanor tells her that Sophie Turner's character is the one who leaked the photo to everyone, but when she overheard it in the bathroom, and so they kind of have like a like a camaraderie from that, though it's not a full fledged like friendship. And so they end up driving home together within in Eleanor's car, since something's wrong with, uh, right, Drea. I always keep trying to say Rhea, but it's Drea. Drea's car. Um, and they start developing a friendship from there. Uh, we learn that, uh, Eleanor's a lesbian, so we have Maya Hawk once again, playing a lesbian. And for those who don't know what context I'm talking about, it's in Stranger Things. Uh, she also was playing a lesbian, or is still. Um, and I think she, it makes, like, she's getting typecast as a lesbian, but it makes, it also makes sense, uh, like, to some degree, it's kind of funny. Also, you know, I, like, and I'm trying, not trying to be weird, I'm, like, uh, a year or two younger than her, but, yeah, I can see that, and there's, like, definite, like, elements to her look. And her style, um, the shorter, like she always has shorter hair, and wears kind of more more comfortable clothing and like more, I guess, masculine styled clothing, if that, if that makes sense. But no, yeah, and she she of course does a good job. And so yeah, we learned about that. We learned that she had been outed, which she that part she didn't really care about, which I think is actually really good. And rather she cared about and got upset about the fact that that the person had claimed that she tried to kiss them 
uh, and hold them down, like, basically, like a predator, like, hold them down and, and, like, force herself on them, which she did. And so I really like that. It isn't focused on the outing, and that's not, like, the big deal. But the big deal is, again, how she was portrayed. Like, that could happen to, to any character, regardless of sexual orientation, you know? So I like that change from the normal, like, early 2000s uh, uh, style. And I think this is kind of getting ahead of myself in terms of plot. But I think that Eleanor is a good play on on the character Janice from Mean Girls. If you remember, Janice is, like, the orchestrator of the whole plot for Mean Girls um, and getting revenge on Regina George. And she also is... is there are a bunch of jokes about her being a lesbian and fervently denying it, but also like early 2000s were saying just saying gay is like a whole joke uh, type mentality is there. But Janice and Matt, she, of course, she becomes as vindictive as Regina George. She is a bitch. <laughs> she becomes the mean girl. But she never, she, yeah, she has this one line where she says like, oh, Regina, at least Regina and I know we're horrible people, but you, Caddy, you pretend, or Katie, sorry, you, Katie, you pretend to be all innocent when really you're just a bitch, or something along those lines. Um, and sure, she's acknowledging she's like, does, she's a bad person, but she's not really acknowledging the amount of damage she's done uh, and had Katie carry out and how manipulative she's been. And so I think that, because Eleanor later on, so this is, again, spoilers. I'm, I'm kind of going off course of the plot now. But later on, we learn that Eleanor is actually, she was uh, accused of all this stuff by Drea back at day camp, which Drea, Drea doesn't even remember until much, much later on, probably in the last, like, 20 to 30 minutes uh she's she's reminded by the person she had thought um who who Eleanor had claimed was the one who did this to her but was really just an ex who wasn't there for her when that all went down but she learns about that she realizes she's been manipulated throughout the whole movie which is a plot twist I did not see coming it's actually really good um, they, they plant it well. There's one line, and I mentioned this in the previous thing, um, but, uh, there's one line where Drea's trying to, like, coach Eleanor on, uh, getting, like, uh, manipulating Max, essentially, and says, uh, thing with narcissists is they're too focused on themselves to realize that they're being played, and... Eleanor gives her a look uh, at that well, after she says that, and with because of how the, it's done, you would assume with what you know at the time in that in the film that it's more of just Eleanor kind of being either judgmental or disgusted or or um, or kind of like confused by this sentiment, and I had thought initially that like. She thought it was all ridiculous, and the fact that um, that Drea was part of that was stupid, seeing as she was a previous she was previously a popular person. Um, but in in reality, she was <laughs> reflecting on the fact that yeah, this is true because I am playing you, and you are an idiot. 
Um, which I thought was really good. They also, so going back to what's actually happening in the plot at the time, they also have it where, with Eleanor, after doing everything she's done, she talks about how she thought she'd feel better, but really she just ends up feeling empty inside. Which I think, yeah, is a good, a good commentary on, like, all this petty bullshit, not really doing anything not really making you feel any better, you know? But, yeah, so, again, good role reversal, Janice. And she also really acknowledges what she's been doing, rather than just saying, oh, I'm a bad person. It's, oh, I did all this stuff. I was starting to become her friend. I did all this stuff, and I finally, at the end, she admits, like, I regret it all. Like, I'm so sorry. Which, yeah, I think is, again... Good, good, uh, good critique of Janice. Um, sorry for any weird pauses right now. I'm, I like the, uh, women in gaming video. I am playing a video game while we are, while I'm recording it, uh, in an effort to help get my thoughts out. Because ADHD! Uh, <laughs> but, let's, so, we were going over Eleanor, blah. So, actually, I guess with the plot twists, the, so that one we already went over. The second plot twist is that Max, the ex-boyfriend, had been manipulating Drea the whole time, had basically been trying to take her down using that, that new uh, video, which is still a weird concept to me, um, like the idea of a nude video instead of, you know, like a photo of a nude <laughs> um but yeah so basically he has orchestrated this whole plan to appear to keep his his popularity and basically he his reasoning is a little weird to me um that he has this whole like speech about how the type of people he and Drea are um if they were if they met their clones, instead of being elated, they'd try to kill the other as fast as they can. Um, or kill the clone, I mean. So, I like, I don't fully, I don't fully get what they're going for there. But, yeah. I, I mean, like, again, it's a, it's a plot twist that makes sense. Like, the all the uh, groundwork is there. So, you know, I can at least enjoy that. Because, yeah, he's been, like, fading innocence the whole time, and I've been talking about how he he has been, like, doing performative activism and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes sense. I like that they make a twist that actually connects to the rest of the story and, like, has groundwork in the rest of the story, you know? Because you don't see that a lot, to be honest. You usually just see, like, last-minute clues that allude to something that's wrong or double-crossing or whatever. It's never, it's almost never, like, actually well laid out. Or at least from my experience, it's almost never well laid out. But, yeah, so kudos to the movie. So that's the other plot twist, which that one I didn't see coming. Was It was, like, I could see that happening, but I didn't know if it was actually going to happen. But it's well-developed. Uh, okay, where else? I really love the music choices again. Uh, all of these, all of these like specific time period movies, which this one is, it's it's very much like an homage to the '90s and early 2000s or late '90s, early 2000s. I'd say pre, well, 
not pre nine eleven, but like <laughs> like the the lighter stuff of that era. Um, the not not post nine eleven angst side of that era. But in in its style, like the clothing everyone wears and the sets and stuff, you can see the nineties influence. Like it's definitely an homage to it. You have this like kind of brighter pastel coloring on all of the clothing. You have the more like sheer, basically useless as clothing fabric um, that they will layer over other stuff. <laughs> well, I guess so. Like with the with Eleanor being a lesbian, the 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 nineties lesbian tomboy style i feel like that is still a style within like the queer sphere so maybe that's <laughs> that's less 90s i don't know it's a little hard to tell and with the sets like i don't know what i don't know what it is but it definitely it feels like that like early 2000s um i think because of the again those like bright pastel colors on the on the furniture, but also there's something about like the actual structure of the furniture. I don't, I don't know a lot about like <laughs> furniture design. Like I, I know more about architecture, which with that film, I don't think the architecture was like that was um, uh, indicative of a certain time here, which makes sense. I don't think it was meant to be, and also like architecture usually lasts a bit longer. It's, Especially, like, at this point where we're only, what, like, 30 years off? So usually you can last, like, a good hundred or few hundred years even. But, yeah, there's a lot of... I, I like that. As somebody who lived, was alive, like, I wasn't fully conscious because I was a baby, was alive during, like, early 2000s, and also was has has siblings from the 90s themselves <laughs> i found it real fun found it super fun and then the music too the music is great it really captures that mood real well which is real fun so you have like the mighty Boston's. you have the you have that one song that's in all the trailers which has now gotten stuck in my head isn't and is on my playlist hodgepodge of a playlist. I originally called it Alt Chill. Now it's literally anything I like. <laughs> um, so there's that. But yeah, no, that song's real good. It's called Dumb. I think it's just called like Dumb Dumb. But you know, you'll like know what song I'm talking about if you've seen any of those trailers. Oh, Flagpole Sitter, which is always a good song. I love that song. It's great. It's like tub thumping in a way. It's just like a, a good, it's a Good. I mean, I guess maybe like late night drive when you need some motivation type type song. But yeah, so they have they have Black Sitter. Um Well, I guess that one's less of <laughs> less of a motivation song. Um, I just view it in that way because I I heard it late at night on like driving home from work. I think. But and they have some other songs. I'm trying to remember what other ones they have, um, and I can't. But they're all good. So yeah, that's what matters. And then also just like the the live when the when the manipulation is revealed, I thought was really well done because they have it again. As I said, the the ex reveals that Dre is the one who did all of this to to Eleanor, and they use the the subtitle said the song was called like it was something having to do with lies, but 
it was actually a real good song for it. It was kind of like that early 2000s rock vibe, which I, I love that shit. But yeah, they the way that they cut certain things to like create a montage that really like shows the the seeds that were set without feeling too like handholdy was impressive. So that's <laughs> that's that. <laughs> um, as you can tell, I don't have a script for this. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I liked a lot of the cinematography, honestly. I didn't expect a movie like that to have, like, interesting cinematography in any way. Just because generally you don't see that with more comedic films. But, yeah, it did. It had some, like, interesting shots. It had some real fun, like, transition bits and framing. Yeah. Generally, I like that. Same, the editing was real snappy and good. It, like, helped the tone a lot for more comedic bits. It also helped for setting specific... They did a really good job of montages, honestly. I'm kind of impressed. Because I feel like montages are something you can easily fuck up. Just because they are done so often and they can be, they can end up being used more as a crutch. Which isn't good. But the way they did it here is super fun. Like, the montage of them uh, getting all this information and manipulation on Max is real fun. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm getting distracted. <laughs> but, yeah, so that... That's that. The acting, of course, is really good. Camille Mendez does a great job, as always. And so does uh, Maya Hawke, of course. I think the guy the guy who plays Max is from another... another sh- it, it, He's from Euphoria, I think. I'm pretty sure he's from Euphoria. <laughs> uh, which is funny and strange. Because the tones are so different. He's really good in it. I thought he was real funny. Uh, shit, what was I, what was I going on about <laughs> besides the movie? It was elements of the movie, I know that. Honestly, I'm happy to see Camille Mendes in something that's not Riverdale. Because she is a really good actress. She's really funny. She's got great comedic timing. Like, she deserves better work outside of that. Most of those actors do, to be honest. You know. But, yeah, so that's acting. The writing is really good. I gotta say, the writing is really fun and witty. There are a lot of great lines, and again, those those seeds of the seeds of the plot twist later on are great. And I do, I I enjoy the resolution. I do enjoy the resolution of at the very end, after Eleanor hits uh, <laughs> hits Drea with a fucking car, she actually she actually like does. She says she like feels empty after all of this, and she like. She does wish things were different because she was becoming friends with uh, with uh, Eleanor, and eventually they kind of it's it's the the tone makes it work a lot this this bit, but eventually they do uh, become friends uh, once again after realizing the the larger evil is Max and also that they they do care about each other they're friends they're really close friends. They have been for about a year during all of this plotting. And, yeah, I think that's sweet. I think that, like, all and all of the girls in, who were in the popular group as well, um, they basically uh, come together and gang up on Max. Which, you know, again, like, any, any girl media where it, it promotes uh, coming together rather than, like, differences, I think is worthy of, of some praise. So there's that. They get some good. They get some good uh, revenge 
For sure. Yeah. What else? Do I have anything else? That's the question. That's the real question of the century. It's one I don't often know the answer to. <laughs> um, going back to the Eleanor's, um, the depiction of Eleanor as, like, gay. Another thing that I really like, because I was getting worried about it. They, so they have Eleanor, when they're manipulating Max initially, Eleanor basically has to act like somebody who he'd be interested in and, like, so they have her, like, get a makeover, which they acknowledge is problematic, but super fun for, for Drea to do. But after they do makeover, they have her act like a, and I think this is the, the wording, a rich cunt, which is great. <laughs> she basically, yeah, she has to attract the attention of Max. She has to get in his circle, and he is attracted to her and, like, basically sees her as a potential girlfriend or fling or something. And I was getting worried initially that it was going to be one of these plots where, like, like the plot of the film, not, not whatever is going on, um, <laughs> the plot would do it where she got close to him and then he tried to be intimate with her and she'd been put in a very uncomfortable position and then have to reveal herself, reveal her hand. Or basically be extremely embarrassed and uncomfortable. Um, and that would ruin the plot and throw, throw a wrench in things. But they didn't do that, which I'm very thankful for. Um, I like that it's... She... Eleanor enjoys the like the friendship and stuff she's being given by the popular kids, including Max. And it never gets to a point of like he never pressures her for anything. Like he yeah, he acts like a dick to his like girlfriend saying like saying like why are you talking about my like why are you talking about my ex? We're gonna have sex, like blah blah and like <laughs> she leaves him. He doesn't do anything that's like dubious consent wise, you know? Or like it's not again, it's not euphoria. <laughs> Um, it's not like you need to deal with that in this type of film with this tone, uh, which is good. Rather, yeah, she, she just stays with that group because she enjoys the, the vibe. She enjoys the, the friendship itself because she's no longer getting that from Drea, who has become completely obsessive, uh, with the revenge plot. Um, yeah, I liked that a lot. Uh, and then again, like the whole... Uh, being out thing was never an issue um, with she's openly out and then she joins the school that Dre is at um, so she's completely new so her not like her not publicly outing herself at that point is less of her fear of people's reactions and more of just trying to get the this this revenge to work, you know? But even then, she is able to befriend and get get a lot of good flirting in with Max's sister, who also that that uh <laughs> that good old 90s to current uh lesbian look of tomboyism. <laughs> it's great. She is a good actress. She pulls that off real well too. Um if you can't tell, I like that look a lot. Uh, <laughs> I also kind of use it to some degree, though not as much as others. Honestly, like, it ki it's kind of hard when you don't live in a constantly warm place as well, because a lot of it involves, like, constant shorts and then 
like very light flannel or not flannel, very light. I guess yeah, but not flannel, but you know what I mean. That type of stuff, very light, uh, short sleeve button up shirts and like either sports bra or like short, uh, like crop top, tank top type deal. So like you need warm weather or else you're kind of fucked. <laughs> uh, and I live in the Northeast, so I only get that pleasure for a few months uh, a year. But it's a good look. And in this case, they are in um, they're in California, I think. So it works out. Um, what was I going on about? Oh yeah, I was going on about that. Um, it's like it's made clear, and they don't ever have to go through the rigmarole of. Oh, you're, like, are you gay? Oh, I'm gay too. Oh, look at that. <laughs> um, they don't go through that. They just, they, once one starts flirting, the other starts flirting and they get it. You know? I like that. They don't, you don't have to wear the try, or, <laughs> shit. You don't have to use the wear, wear it and tired tires. Um, you can just replace them with a new set. <laughs> That, that analogy went downhill really fast, uh, language-wise, and my ability to say it-wise. Uh, I'm kind of sad <laughs> how that turned out. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm multitasking. It's not, it's not always the easiest. Alright, well, that's gonna be about it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, stay healthy, stay safe. I can't say those words, Jesus. If it is daytime, have a good day. If it's nighttime, have a good night. You can, as always, uh, get in contact with us or just to know actually when we're going to drop or when we are dropping episodes, seeing as our schedule is so fucked. Um, <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Queerly underscore podcast. Uh, we post little updates there as well as when episodes drop.
Sorry for this uh, very low-quality mic stuff. <laughs> I messed up saying the actual address of our own website, so that's fun. Um, so you can visit our website at www.queerlyapodcast.com. And on there you can see future episode topics. You can also see things like uh, recommended media list, which I need to update uh, quite a bit. Um, you can also... Uh, get in contact with us. We have a little form um, and suggest things like uh, media to cover or even just let us know what you think of audio quality or quality of the podcast itself, what we can fix, what we can better ourselves on. Um, I know organization is one. Uh, (laughs) um, And just any little comments you have, honestly. Um, We are very open and happy to have them. Uh, regardless of content, really. Um, so yeah, uh, you can also listen to new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can listen to them on Deezer, which I never heard of until starting this. So I don't know how many of you have heard of it. <laughs> um, or you can just listen directly from our RSS uh, website link. at rss.com slash queerly. Uh, there you'll also find links to all of our other information and our other websites. Um, and I believe that is about it. Oh, we're also on Spotify. That I feel like it's important to say. Um, and let's see, besides that, is there anything? I don't think so. Um, all right, well, again... Stay happy, stay safe, um, and have a good one, y'all. And we'll see you next time for hopefully the quote-unquote season finale, which is just for organizational purposes and not because we're going to be taking a break longer than the ones we (laughs) we have been known to take. Um, But yeah, so that episode is going to be on uh, Arcane, the series, because that one I've been wanting to talk about for so long. Um, it's real good. I'd say if you want to listen to that one, um, definitely watch ahead of time. It's on Netflix. It is a bit of a time sink, I will say, just from the fact that it is, um, nine episodes and each episode's about, like, an hour long. Um, so it, yeah, it does take some time to watch, but I definitely recommend it. It's real good. Um, all right. We'll see you next time. Low audio quality editing Jackie here. Um, Apparently, I had a really hard time saying words, so I thought I'd just share this little clip of me attempting to say three letters and struggling. Or just sars, which is at rs. Ah, fuck me.